welcome to the LA Public Health Podcast for Monday, March 1st, 2021. I'm Steve Baldwin, and today's show includes comments from LA County Board of Supervisors Chair Hilda Solis, followed by an update on COVID-19 led by Dr. Barbara Ferrer, Director of the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. For today's episode, we've added chapters to help you navigate the podcast more easily. Try using the chapters feature in your podcast app and let us know how it goes and what you think of the show by leaving a review in Apple Podcasts. And to keep up with the latest updates and guidelines for slowing the spread of COVID-19, you can follow us across all social media at LA Public Health or visit our website, publichealth.lacounty.gov. And now, here's Supervisor Solis. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us today at our press briefing. We have some great progress and we have made some great progress in the past few weeks in terms of our COVID numbers. With these declines, our hospitals have been able to resume elective surgeries and procedures. So please do not delay seeking medical care if you need it. And I wanna commend our Department of Public Health for utilizing over 95% of our vaccination supplies resulting in over 2.2 million people in Los Angeles County being vaccinated so far. But slowly and surely, we're starting to see a decrease in COVID cases and deaths. But we can't lose sight of how many people are still dying each and every day. We hit a national and countywide milestone that would have been unimaginable one year ago. Nationally, over 500,000 people have lost their lives to COVID-19 and 20,000 of those were right here in our very own LA County. Our hospitals are still caring for more COVID patients than they were prior to December, with nearly 2,000 people hospitalized and over 600 people who require intensive care. We are still seeing well over 100 deaths each day, which continues to overwhelm our morgues and our funeral homes. Just to keep up, we're still suspending the environmental rules, limiting the number of cremations that can be performed each month to deal with the unprecedented influx of bodies. The reality is that COVID-19 is still taking our loved ones and it's still destroying many of our precious families. Our Latinx communities continue to bear the brunt of the crisis. Though death rates are declining, Latinx residents in the county are dying at three times the rates as their white and Asian American counterparts. My heart breaks for them and their families and for the families of everyone who has lost a loved one during this unthinkable year. However, I have to tell you that hope is on the horizon. Within a few short months, millions of people in our county will have been vaccinated and we'll start working towards a new normal. Mindful of the lessons we continue to learn from this pandemic around the issues of equity and access. And thanks to those miraculous vaccines, we now have a timeline on the end of this pandemic. But those days are not here yet, so please don't risk it right before a vaccine may be available to you. I know it's been tough, but we've collectively held on so far. So we need to just keep hanging in together. The CDC and our state and the county health departments are mandating that we still avoid gathering with people outside of our households. We continue to wear masks, even sometimes two at a time, and we keep our distance from others as much as possible. And because of our collective efforts, we made a significant dent in our cases, 
allowing us to begin reopening some parts of our economy and our schools. We're working very carefully as we reopen our classrooms to make sure that our children can start in-person schooling again. And beginning today, Los Angeles County will offer vaccinations to workers in the following sectors, food and agriculture, education and childcare, emergency services and first responders, specifically to ensure that we get our students back in the classrooms as soon as possible. And we're setting aside over 30% of our vac vaccine allocation for educators. This is a critical step in giving our educators, students and their families, the peace of mind that they and their loved ones will be protected in the classroom. As we move to vaccinate more people across the county, it's important to know when it's your turn. If you're unsure about whether you're eligible, please visit vaccinatelacounty.com to check your eligibility and see a list of acceptable verification documents. Again, vaccines are free of cost. There's no requirement for health insurance and you will not be asked about your immigration status. Additionally, I wanna reiterate that while the county must adequately verify everyone for eligibility, we do not want eligible people to be turned away simply because they may not have a government issued ID. We're providing regular trainings and reminders to our eligibility screeners at the county sites and ensuring that they use the best judgment, especially when working with older and vulnerable populations. A government issued ID is not the only acceptable document, as we know that many people don't have a photo ID or even a driver's license. While we continue to expand the eligibility criteria to receive a vaccine, I'm delighted that the Food and Drug Administration has given approval for the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, just as it did with Pfizer and Moderna. To me, this is a game changer. Johnson & Johnson is a one-shot vaccine without the ultra-cold storage requirements, which means we can vaccinate more people, particularly those most vulnerable, such as people experiencing homelessness who may have a hard time getting a second dose. And I wanna reiterate what Dr. Anthony Fauci, the CDC and the FDA have all stated. Studies have shown this vaccine is highly effective in preventing hospitalization and 100% effective in preventing death. So if you're eligible, please don't hesitate to receive this vaccine. It is both safe and effective and you don't have to come back for seconds. Thank you and now it's my honor to introduce Dr. Barbara Ferrer our Director for Public Health. Good afternoon and thank you so much Supervisor Solis and to the entire Board of Supervisors. Each week uh, we're making more and more progress in our recovery and our efforts to vaccinate all of our residents and we're so grateful for all the work you're doing to protect the health of LA County. Today I'll be providing updates on our current status and the progress we've made in reducing transmission of COVID-19 across the county. I'll also discuss our efforts vaccinating residents and the rollout of vaccination opportunities for workers in three new sectors who will now be eligible to get the vaccine starting today. First, to update you on our current status. And as a reminder, on, on Monday, case and death numbers reported uh, often represent an undercount due to the weekend lag in reporting. I am sad to report an additional 32 people have passed away which brings the total number of COVID-related deaths in LA County 
to 21,467. 12 of the people who died are over the age of 80, and 10 people in this age group had underlying health conditions. 12 people who passed away are between the ages of 65 and 79, and 11 people in this age group had underlying health conditions. <clears throat> Six people who died are between the ages of 50 and 64, and four people had underlying health conditions. One person who died was between the ages of 30 and 49, and this person also had underlying health conditions. And another person who died was between the ages of 18 and 29, and this person had no underlying health conditions. To everyone who's lost a loved one or a friend to COVID-19, please know that we think of you every day and we're deeply sorry for your loss. We're reporting 987 new cases today, bringing the total number of cases in LA County to 1,192,895. These cases include 51,226 total cases reported by our partners in the city of Long Beach and 10,881 cases reported by the city of Pasadena. We're also reporting that there is 1,578 people currently hospitalized with COVID-19. 31% of the people hospitalized are in the ICU. We've investigated now a total of almost 5,000 residential congregate settings and non-residential settings with at least one confirmed case of COVID-19. Currently, we have 756 ongoing investigations and we've closed 4,161 investigations. The total number of confirmed cases in institutional settings is 94,653. And this includes 39,265 confirmed cases among residents and 55,388 confirmed cases among staff. To date, over 5.8 million people have been tested and had test results reported in LA County, and our cumulative positivity rate remains at 19%. Next slide. Uh, we're, is it possible to have the next slide? Okay, great. Uh, we're steadily making progress, reducing the average number of daily new cases of COVID-19. The seven-day average number of daily cases by episode date has now decreased to less than 1,000 a day. We're thankfully returning to average daily case numbers at the levels we saw before the surge. These declines are real, and we're grateful for the choices made and the work done by everyone, individuals and businesses, that is making this possible. Next slide. This graph shows trend lines. I'll take the next slide. Uh, this graph shows trend lines of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths since March 1st, 2020, through a year ago, through February 21st, 2021. All three metrics continue to decline, and we've not yet seen any increases due to gatherings that may have happened during the Super Bowl and President's Day weekend. We are moving in the right direction, a direction that will hopefully leave, lead towards moving forward on our recovery journey where more of our young people can go back to school for on-site learning. Next slide. Today, I'll provide a brief update on LA County healthcare workers, many of whom have been vaccinated over the past two months. This graph shows COVID-19 cases amongst healthcare workers since February 1st, 2020. Uh, as we saw in LA County overall, 
Healthcare workers also experienced a surge in cases in late fall through the winter. Now, as cases overall have declined, and as so many of our healthcare workers are fully vaccinated, cases have dropped to the lowest they have ever been since the beginning of the pandemic. During the week of November 29th, the peak of cases amongst healthcare workers, uh, there were over 1,800 cases. This week of February 4th, this, this past week of February 14th, there were just 69 cases. Uh, we're really uh, relieved to see this, not only because our healthcare workers who have been the front lines from day one of this pandemic are seeing the decreases, but also because this graph is one of the first visible signs of the power of the vaccine to decrease our cases. Next slide. Among workers in skilled nursing facilities, a group experiencing one-fourth of healthcare worker cases, there's also been a significant decrease in cases. For the week of November 29th, there were 434 cases amongst healthcare workers at skilled nursing facilities. And for the week of February 14th, there were 10. Next slide, please. And like cases, the number of deaths among healthcare workers has seen a rapid decline since the peak of the surge in early January. During the week of January 3rd, 21 healthcare workers unfortunately passed away from COVID-19. During the past week of February 21st, we lost only two of our healthcare workers. These numbers, no matter what they are, are tragic, and we mourn with all of you the loss of all of our heroes who have passed away from COVID-19. Next slide. I do want to note that vaccination rates among staff in our skilled nursing facilities is high. As of February 28th, 78% of skilled nursing home staff received at least the first dose of COVID-19 vaccine, and 69% of all eligible staff received their second dose and they're fully vaccinated. High rates of vaccination are correlated with the lowest rates of cases and deaths among healthcare workers at nursing homes. And we're grateful to everyone that got vaccinated and to the teams that coordinated vaccinations at each site. When we think about this past year, we cannot help but reflect on all the fear and tragedy so many experienced. We've also witnessed heroism in the face of this pandemic by our healthcare workers all across the county and across the world. Thank you from the bottom of my heart to all of you for everything you've done and continue to do to provide care to those most in need all of the time. Next slide. Uh, to update you now, on our current overall efforts to vaccinate residents and workers in LA County. Uh, as of February 25th, we had administered almost 2 million doses of the vaccine in the county. Of these, 600,497 were people who had received their second dose. In addition to healthcare workers, residents and staff at long-term care facilities, and people who are over the eight, who are 65 and older, starting today, Three additional groups of workers are eligible for the vaccine. Education and childcare workers, food and agriculture workers, and emergency workers and law emergency service workers and law enforcement. I'm going to talk a little bit more about these sectors in a few minutes. I'll take the next slide. This table shows a summary of our weekly distribution of COVID-19 vaccines by site type. We continue, as you can see, to have a great deal of unused capacity. Again, this week, there are almost 500,000 appointment slots that are available. And so far, we only have had enough doses for about 270,000 appointments. 
County and city LA sites will be vaccinating 130,000 people combined. Our federally qualified health centers are administering almost 56,000 doses this week, and pharmacies are set to administer 34,000 doses. We have been shifting some of our allocations to the smaller sites to make sure that providers that serve our hardest hit communities are able to vaccinate more people. Across all the sectors, there's much more capacity to vaccinate. And the issue is we simply still do not have the supply of vaccine needed to fill all of our appointments. Our large uh, points of dispensing alone could be providing 142,000 more doses this week if we had enough vaccine. We are really excited about the possibility that now that the Johnson & Johnson vaccine has received emergency use authorization, LA County should begin to see doses of this vaccine as early as this week. I do wanna note that as Johnson & Johnson doses come into LA County, this vaccine will be offered at many of our sites, including at our large uh, county uh, vaccine sites. All three of the vaccines are extraordinarily powerful. And in clinical trials, they were all 100% effective preventing hospitalizations and deaths. Please know when you come to a site, it would be very important to just accept the vaccine that's being provided, as all of the vaccines uh, that we have and that we're able to offer have protected people from serious illness that requires hospitalization and from death. Next slide. In the past, uh, we've talked about, uh, we've presented on communities that had the highest case rates. And we've also focused on our community health work. We've also focused our community health uh, worker outreach activities in these areas. Uh, today, I do want to take a look at communities with the highest case rates. These were the hardest hit communities and the percent of people in these communities who have been vaccinated so far. As you can see, the top 10 communities with the highest case rates, current highest case rates, have some of the lowest vaccination rates an average vaccination rate of about 10%, with a range from about 6.5% to about 15%. Next slide. When you compare this with communities that have the lowest case rates, that have really uh, uh, had the least number of people infected with COVID-19, you see that the percent of people vaccinated in these communities is far higher. An average of almost 22% with a range from about 17% to 28%. The lowest percent is higher than the highest percent in the top 10 communities with the highest case rates. Our most under-resourced communities in LA County have historically and currently seen the most cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. And unfortunately, the inequities continue to play out uh, as we're working to vaccinate our communities. It's for this reason that we need to continue to come up with new partnerships and strategies that make getting vaccinated in our hardest hit communities as accessible and as barrier free as possible. I'll take the next slide. Access to people uh, living in communities that have been hardest hit by the pandemic remains a challenge, uh, but we're continuing to be grateful for all of the innovation that's happening at the local level and we are employing strategies to increase access to vaccinations for those who have been the hardest hit. We're encouraging more restricted clinics for people who live in communities so that they'll have access to appointments and don't have to travel far to be vaccinated. Uh, and this means not posting those clinics on publicly available websites where unfortunately, uh, people who are not eligible 
to be vaccinated uh, have in fact uh, been taking up valuable slots. We're also increasing the number of mobile teams uh, that can visit people who may not be able to travel for a vaccination appointment. Uh, we're partnering with faith-based and community-based organizations who can directly reach out to their congregations and their clients and assist them either register to be vaccinated at one of the community sites, at one of our large capacity sites, or we'll be setting up pop-up vaccination sites at their, at their places, their houses of worships and in their community. We're going to be realigning our county uh, large capacity sites to allow for people living in hard hit communities to get appointments and to have options for transportation to vaccinating sites if they need it. Next slide. I want to give one example of, uh, of uh, one of the new strategies that we are employing, which is expanding our capacity to have county uh, mobile vaccination teams. This is, uh, you know, both uh, older people and people in hard hit communities have really struggled to register for and then go to the large sites. Uh, so we're increasing the number of mobile vaccination teams. Uh, right now, we're prioritizing locations where seniors live uh, so that they can have more access to vaccinations. This week, there are 46 mobile vaccination teams. Uh, they'll visit 26 affordable senior housing developments and 20 senior residential communities. 30 of the sites that they'll be visiting are in South LA and Antelope Valley areas of our county that have extraordinarily low vaccination rates among people who are ages 65 and older. I'll take the next slide. As we noted earlier, um, starting today, workers in three additional sectors, education and childcare, emergency services and law enforcement and food and agriculture will be eligible to be vaccinated here in, La in LA County. It's important to note that if you work in one of these sectors, you can either live or work here in LA County and be eligible to get vaccinated. We estimate that over 546,000 people are in the education and childcare sector uh, here in LA County. I wanna note this does not include private nannies. For public schools, uh, select school districts may be operating their own uh, vaccination sites. And for school districts that aren't operating their own site, uh, all of the rest of the districts are partnering with either local hospitals or health centers or pharmacies uh, to provide vaccinations for their staff and teachers uh, in their districts. K through 12 teachers and essential education staff can also receive vaccinations through our county run large capacity sites or their healthcare providers. For independent schools, many are partnering with local school districts uh, to vaccinate uh, their staff. K through 12 teachers and essential education staff at independent schools can also receive vaccinations at county run sites at any of the, uh, the healthcare providers that are offering vaccines, our pharmacies and our clinics. In addition, at the county run large capacity sites on Sundays, those days are designated to vaccinate teachers and essential workers at the independent schools. Early care and education staff are a particular priority for vaccination since this group has been working throughout the entire duration of the pandemic and, in fact, um, are anxiously awaiting their opportunities to get vaccinated. Workers can receive, uh, child care workers can receive vaccinations through the county run large capacity sites, through healthcare providers, through any of the community sites that are set up, including pharmacies and healthcare clinics. 
Childcare workers are also able to get vaccinated at the county run uh, sites that are specific just for childcare workers. Uh, these are will be held on Saturdays at all five of our large capacity sites. In addition, Children's Hospital uh, LA is vaccinating early care and education workers, and there's additional information on other available vaccination sites at Pathways Resource and Referral Agencies. I'll take the next slide. There are more than 500,000 people that work in the food and agriculture sector in LA County. And like other sectors, this group can be vaccinated at any of the sites that are open, any of the 400 plus sites that are open this week across the county offering vaccinations. But also at the five large capacity sites uh, in LA County on Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, there will be, uh, this sector will be able to come in uh, and get vaccinated. Uh, we have restricted uh, appointments just for uh, food and agriculture workers at these sites Tuesdays and Thursdays. This sector does include a wide variety of occupations from agricultural workers to restaurant employees. And we know that significant outreach efforts are needed to make sure all eligible workers know where they can go to get vaccinated. So we're partnering with people and organizations that are not only able to reach these workers, but are also trusted by them. This includes workplace and community leaders, media outlets and promotoras who can connect our essential eligible workers with vaccine providers. Albertsons, and this includes Vons, Pavilions, and Savon, Costco and Ralph's grocery store pharmacy chains, uh, have agreed to start vaccinating their in-store, uh, their food, their in-store workers, food distribution workers, and transport workers. Uh, this should start today. Grocery store workers who don't work at a facility that's providing vaccinations through their on-site pharmacies. Uh, can, back, can get vaccinated, as I noted, at any of the county and city sites. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, the appointments are reserved for food and agriculture workers. Uh, UFCW uh, 770 uh, uh, grocery store workers a union will be vaccinated. Uh, those workers are going to get vaccinated through mobile vaccination clinics that are in partnership with Curative. And the union has more information on, uh, on how workers can connect with that. It's not just limited to the union workers, it's also open to other eligible uh, agriculture and food workers. And many food manufacturers in the city of Vernon and are, are, are partnering with Stacy Medical to offer food workers in the city of Vernon and the surrounding plants on-site locations and mobile units. I wanna note that for this group in particular, there are multiple ways to verify your employment and you do not need any government issued ID or an official pay stub. And I'll talk about that in a moment. The next slide. An estimated 116,000 people in LA County work in emergency services and as law enforcement. All agencies in this category have been partnered with an associated fire department or police department or public health department or healthcare provider. Jurisdictional law enforcement entities have partnered with EMS and health clinic stakeholders to make sure that they're able to get vaccine administered to their workers. The LA County Sheriff's Department and the LA Police Department have partnered with the LA Sheriff's Department Emergency Services Detail and with LA Fire respectively. All city police departments have partnered with the LA County Fire Department, local hospitals or fire departments to receive vaccine. 
County Corrections and the Department of Probation will be, will be uh, vaccinated through public health clinics. Large school police departments have all partnered with an allied health system, UCLA for the most part, or LAUSD. UCLA and LAUSD have committed to vaccinating all school departments uh, and who don't have an established prior vaccine partner. Specific emergency service individuals, including eligible court personnel, can get vaccinated at our county-run emergency services only uh, megapods on Wednesdays. These will be at all five of our sites. The largest federal agencies, including the FBI field office, TSA and Customs and Border Protection, have been partnered with LA Fire Department. Additionally, select federal entities are partnering with the local VA hospitals to receive a federally allocated vaccine. State and federal correctional facilities are receiving their vaccine through their respective uh, agencies. I'll take the next slide. I do wanna note that we've scheduled sector specific days at our large capacity sites for these newly eligible groups. Uh, today, uh, we're still uh, finishing up some second doses, but starting tomorrow, Tuesdays and Thursdays of this week, uh, appointments are available at our five large capacity sites for people working in food and agriculture. On Wednesday, appointments are available for people working in the emergency services sector. On Friday, appointments are open for all eligible groups. Uh, and many of these appointments will be made through outreach that's being done by our community-based organizations and trusted leaders in the community. On Saturday, uh, appointments are available at our sites, for, at our county sites for people working in early care and education. And on Sunday, appointments at our large capacity sites are available for people who work at independent schools. Next slide. When you go to get your vaccine, you will need to show documentation. And this does include a photo ID, but it does not have to be government issued. You also need to show some proof that you either live or work in LA County and proof that you work in a sector that's eligible to be vaccinated. For many people, one document can show all of these, like you have a work badge that has your photo and an address of your workplace. Other people may bring in their pay stubs or some other documentation that shows where you work. There are dozens of documents that can be used to verify eligibility, and the list of accepted documents is on our website, vaccinatelacounty.com or vacunatelosangeles.com. In closing, I want to emphasize uh, that it is, a, that it is uh, our biggest honor at this point to be able to offer vaccines to millions of people who work and or live here in LA County. But I do want to ask, if you're not in one of the eligible groups, if you're not a healthcare worker, if you're not 65 and older, if you're not an education and childcare worker, a food and agricultural worker, an emergency services worker, please do not make an appointment to get vaccinated at this time. We constantly get reports that people are figuring out on the MyTurn system uh, ways around the eligibility requirement. And that in fact, some people have been allowed, even though they're not eligible, to make appointments. If you were able to make an appointment, but you're not in one of the eligible groups, please cancel your appointment don't take away an appointment from an eligible worker and please don't come to the vaccination site because you will need to be turned away. People that are coming to get vaccinated are gonna be asked to verify that they're in an eligible group. 
And anyone that's not able to do this, unfortunately, will be asked to wait their turn. I also want to again uh, reiterate that private nannies are not included as an eligible worker at this time. Uh, we appreciate uh, all of the collaboration that's gone into rolling out a massive uh, opportunities for people to get vaccinated. And as always, we're grateful to all of you uh, who are eligible and are showing up to get vaccinated. I know it takes courage to actually take that step. Uh, and we're also grateful to all of you uh, that are patiently waiting for your turn. We do know how challenging it is uh, at this point to wait, but we are excited uh, and we note that uh, every week now uh, we ought to be able to get more vaccines uh, here in LA County and across the state. Thank you. And now uh, Dr. Christina Galley will provide updates from the Department of Health Services. Thanks, Dr. Ferrer, and good afternoon, everyone. I'll provide brief updates on the hospital bed demand model and then also touch on testing, and then we'll shift to questions. Uh, as Dr. Ferrer shared, the number of new patients with COVID-19 that are requiring hospitalization across the county, thankfully, does continue to fall, and we've seen that decline over the last several weeks. Based on the pattern of hospitalizations that we're seeing in the model and across hospitals all over the county, we do anticipate that there will be a continued decrease in demand for beds and that the number of beds over the next four weeks will be adequate. As I've said before, we all know that this is very positive news and it's positive uh, alongside especially the fact that there's increasing numbers of patients who are able to be vaccinated. This all needs to be taken though with a dose of caution. Any behavior that serves to increase the amount of transmission within the community could very easily lead to another uptick in the number of infections that we experience across the county. And it will take two to three weeks or so before we will see that impact within the hospitalization numbers. So please still do, even if you're vaccinated, keep wearing your mask, washing your hands, keeping your distance as much as possible, and avoiding interactions with those outside of your hospital, outside of your household to the greatest extent feasible. Now on testing, we have to remember that although many people have been vaccinated or may have been had immunity due to prior COVID-19 infection, many people are still susceptible to the virus. That is why testing remains a key strategy for helping to reduce the community transmission of COVID-19. Testing allows us to put out the little fires wherever they're sprouting up those little fires that are the potential for larger outbreaks within our communities, and to do so before they grow and before they become larger fires and the drivers of a potential new surge. So if you're sick or you worry that you may have had exposure to someone with COVID-19, I urge you to please get tested. If you test positive, you still need to isolate yourself in compliance with the public health guidance and tell your contacts and anyone you might have come into contact with that they might have had an exposure and help them to quarantine themselves and be able to access testing. This is how we can all partner together to stop the virus from spreading. As soon as you are eligible, according to the guidelines that Dr. Ferrer just laid out, do get the vaccine. But remember, it will take a while before everyone is able to get vaccinated. So COVID testing will still be a necessary part of all of our lives for the foreseeable future. That's why Health Services is continuing to do everything we can to make sure that testing is easy, accessible, and available for anyone who needs one. You can get a testing, you can get a COVID test without an appointment and any of the 18 county-run COVID testing sites. 
just go to the COVID-19, the county's COVID-19 testing uh, website, which is covid19.lacounty.gov slash testing to view where you can go to get tested without an appointment. And of course, if you do prefer to have an appointment prior to coming for a test, you can still do that as well. In addition to now offering testing without an appointment, Los Angeles County over recent weeks has also been deploying a number of mobile testing units to some of the most hard hit communities across the county. This on an ongoing basis will help us to be able to nimbly respond where we can move around and add additional testing capacity and access where it's most needed. And finally, just as a follow up on one new community testing initiative, last week DHS announced that we were expanding access to community based testing through our new black church COVID-19 testing partnership in partnership with the state of California. We're now doing something similar through partnerships with LA Voice and Centro de Vida Victoriosa to make COVID-19 testing more available to the county's Latina and Latino population. We continue to focus on our county's most negatively impacted communities. And this new partnership will bring additional testing sites at Latinx churches countywide with the goal of attesting at least 150 individuals per site daily through the summer. As always, all of the county's open access community testing sites are available on the county's COVID testing website. In closing, testing has a still a very critical role in helping us in our fight against this pandemic. We need to continue to focus on suppression of the virus and putting out these small fire, these small fires where they're rising and testing is just one part of helping us to do that. So I urge you or your loved one to get tested. If you have any symptoms of COVID, if you had a known exposure to someone with COVID, or even if you just think you had a, a suspected exposure to someone with COVID, by utilizing the widespread access that's available from your personal provider through your health plan or through the county's community testing sites, then you can help us in our continued fight to keep the level of transmission down across the county. And we'll now take questions. Ladies and gentlemen, if you wish to ask a question, please raise your hand using the hand icon or send the host a chat with your name and outlet to be placed in queue. As a courtesy to other reporters and to allow for ample time for questions, we ask that you please limit yourselves to one to two questions per reporter. One moment, please, for our first question. Our first question comes from the line of Claudia Pichuda. Claudia, your line is unmuted, please go ahead. Hi, thank you. Um, a quick question for uh, Dr. Galley. Uh, given your comments, I'm wondering what the current testing rate is. It sounds like it's probably fallen quite a bit since the appointments uh, are no longer necessary. How does it compare to the peak of the surge? And then um, for Barbara, I'm wondering if the county is planning to adjust the rules for people who've been vaccinated, such as like removing the quarantine requirement for travelers uh, who are vaccinated. And with dozens of documents to prove eligibility, it seems like there could be a lot of confusion and possibilities for people to jump the line now with these new groups who are eligible. If you could address uh, that, thank you. I can start just briefly. Um, the number of tests has gone down uh, by a lot. We post the COVID-19 testing dashboard on 
the DHS and the county's COVID-19 testing, uh, sorry, COVID-19 website. And that contains all of the data and stats from the prior week. And you can see how the numbers have changed week over week. But you'll notice in the most recent version of the dashboard that the number of both unused slots is growing steadily with currently over 65% of the community-based testing uh, capacity currently unused. Uh, and that's not because of, um, that's solely because really of the reduced demand for testing and the reduction in the number of people that are coming forward to seek testing. So uh, some of the, there's a data lag in terms of how complete the data is for the most recent subsequent, the most recent two weeks, but the data that was submitted from the week of February 14th through the 20th showed weekly COVID-19 testing at just over 300,000. And that significantly declined from a peak at the beginning of January of nearly 800,000. But again, all of the data is located on the COVID-19 testing dashboard. Thanks, and, and um, I'm, I'm happy to, to answer the other two questions. I, I do wanna note that you know people have in fact asked, well, is the reason the cases are so down because testing's down, in which case, you know, do we still have to worry a lot that there's just a lot of undetected cases uh, that are circulating, uh, that's one of the reasons why we're always reporting on the daily test positivity rate is that gives us a good indication as well. So right now, of the people getting tested the past uh, few days, uh, the daily test positivity rate uh, averaged over 70, seven days has been about 3%. Uh, that's actually the lowest it's, it's ever been uh, since we've been uh, uh, offering testing uh, in the community. So it does, you know, I think the indication is that yes, testing's down, but uh, community transmission is also down as well. And that also drives uh, a reduced demand for testing. Less people have symptoms, less people feel sick, less people feel like they've had an exposure. Those people who are getting tested, 97% of them at this po point in time are actually uh, ending up with a negative test result. Remember at the beginning of January, 20% of people getting tested were positive. So huge difference um, that I think is really driven mostly by the rate of community transmission. In terms of, uh, you know, as more people get vaccinated, will the quarantine uh, uh, restrictions uh, be lifted uh, for people who are fully vaccinated, especially in terms of travel? Uh, everyone knows uh, the big question that uh, still remains is, you know, we have powerful vaccines. They're really, uh, you know, excellent at preventing serious illness, hospitalizations, and deaths. Uh, we still need to learn a little bit more about uh, what they're doing in terms of preventing asymptomatic people from spreading the disease. So can people who are fully vaccinated uh, get infected? And if they do get infected, uh, would they be shedding enough virus uh, to infect others? So as we get the answers to those two questions, which uh, I think we'll have shortly, um, you know, we'd be able to really think more sensibly about particularly around quarantine, whether or not people who are fully vaccinated uh, need to quarantine. The, the last thing anybody wants to do is have all this protection for themselves, but end up being in some way able to spread the disease, even if they're completely asymptomatic for others. That's why we ask everyone who is vaccinated to continue to wear your face covering, keep your distance, wash your hands, you know, really do everything uh, you, you've been doing uh, to keep uh, other people safe. <laughs> You're pretty safe. You have an extra layer of protection if you've been vaccinated, but everyone's not been vaccinated yet. So we've got to continue to do our best to, to protect everyone else. And in terms of eligibility, yeah, we're, we're going to be uh, flexible 
about what kinds of verifications people need. And we're going to do what we've been doing since the beginning of this pandemic. We're all in this together. Uh, you know, we do have to adhere to the prioritization. You know, the first uh, business that we had, all of us, was to make sure those who are 65 and older at higher risk of, of passing away or getting serious illness, that we were vaccinating them. Uh, we now are really looking at sort of our workers uh, that also have a lot of exposures and, uh, in fact, are doing essential work that we need them to be able to do and getting them vaccinated. Uh, but but everybody is in slightly different situations depending on, on where you're working. And we don't want anybody who's an eligible worker not to be able to get vaccinated. So, yes, we're going to have some flexibility. But having flexibility doesn't mean that we're not asking for verification. So I just want to be clear. You can go to our website. You can see that what we are is flexible in what you need to bring, but you do need to establish uh, that you, in fact, are an eligible worker that either lives or works in L.A. County. And I'm going to again ask everyone, please, uh, please wait your turn uh, and let us uh, do this. We're getting more vaccine every week. Uh, it will be everyone's turn soon, uh, but we owe it particular to these essential workers who have, in fact, made it possible for the rest of us to go on with our lives for the last year. We do owe it to them to make sure that uh, they're able to get vaccinated at this point. So don't don't take appointments uh, if you're not in the group. Uh, but thank you. And we'll take the next question. Thank you. We have time for one more question, and that question will come from the line of Ana Almendrala. Anna, your line is open. Please go ahead. Hi, thank you so much. This question is for Dr. Ferrer. I wanted to thank you for listing all, all the different ways that the county is reaching, um, harder to reach people with the vaccine shots. Um, I just wanted to know, what is your perspective or point of view on the volunteer groups that are sprouting up, helping people, strangers make vaccine appointments? Of course, these are eligible people. Um, but these are just cores of stay-at-home parents or underemployed people who have a lot of time on their hands and they just want to pitch in. I think it's awesome. And I'm going to extend my thanks and deep appreciation to everyone who's helping out. One of the reasons why there's been so much disproportionality is there is there are some people who are teleworking, they're staying at home, there are other people who don't work at all, uh, and they've had an added advantage. Uh, over workers who have been eligible to get vaccinated or people who don't have computers or people who, in fact, find it daunting, as do many of us, to figure out how to use uh, my term. So everything that people can do to help those who are eligible uh, get registered and get their appointments is deeply appreciated. And I, I really, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very like, you know, it, it makes my heart feel good <laughs> uh, that people are stepping up uh, and helping. Uh, people who who really have been struggling to get those appointments and really disadvantaged because uh, they're working all day and they can't sit in front of a computer uh, when we open our appointments. And I will say we're also very grateful to all of our community partners. Uh, we have lots of community-based organizations, religious organizations, faith-based organizations that are doing the same, making sure that the people who really need to get vaccinated uh, are not disadvantaged uh, by the technology that's being used to schedule appointments. They're not disadvantaged because they can't get to a site because uh, it's going to take that to turn these numbers around. And But we have to turn these numbers around. People in the hardest hit communities have to be able to get vaccinated at very high rates and get vaccinated now. So, yeah, thank you very much for that. 
Thank you. And if you didn't have the opportunity to ask your question, we invite you to send your media inquiries to the public health email address listed in the chat box. Thank you. And now transitioning to remarks in Spanish with Supervisor Hilda Solis. Thank you. Buenas tardes. Soy Hilda Solis, la Presidenta de la Junta de Supervisores del Condado de Los Ángeles. Hemos visto un gran progreso en las últimas semanas. Y con menos casos, nuestros hospitales ya pueden ofrecer operaciones electivas. Quiero felicitar a nuestro Departamento de Salud Pública por utilizar más de 95% de nuestros suministros de vacunas, resultando en más de 2.2 millones de personas en el condado vacunadas hasta ahora. Estamos viendo menos casos y muertes pero todavía hay personas que siguen muriendo de COVID. Más que 500,000 personas han perdido la vida a causa de COVID-19 y 20,000 de ellos viven en nuestro condado. Nuestros hospitales siguen atendiendo a más pacientes con COVID-19, con casi 2,000 personas hospitalizadas y más que 600 personas en cuidados intensivos. Seguimos viendo más que 100 muertes todos los días. La realidad es que COVID-19 todavía sigue destruyendo las familias. Nuestras comunidades Latinx siguen siendo las más afectadas por esta crisis. Los residentes de Latinx en el condado están muriendo tres veces más que anglos y asiáticos americanos. Mi corazón se rompe por ellos y todos los que han perdido un ser querido durante la pandemia. Sin embargo, la esperanza está aquí. En unos meses, millones de personas ya van a tener la vacuna y vamos a poder trabajar hacia nuestra nueva normalidad. Sé que ha sido difícil para todos, pero solo tenemos que seguir en, en esto un poco más. Por favor, no tengan reuniones con personas fuera de nuestro hogar Usen dos mascarillas a la vez y mantengan su distancia. Gracias a nuestros esfuerzos, vamos a reabrir algunas partes de nuestra economía y nuestras escuelas. A partir de hoy, el Condado de Los Ángeles va a ofrecer vacunas a los trabajadores de los siguientes sectores. Nutrición y agricultura, educación y cuidado infantil y servicios de emergencia. Para asegurar que nuestros estudiantes regresen a la escuela pronto, reservamos a más de 30% de nuestras vacunas para los educadores. Este es un paso fundamental para que nuestros educadores, estudiantes y sus familias sepan que sus seres queridos estarán protegidos en las escuelas. Las vacunas son gratis, no hay requisito de seguro médico no, y Tampoco no, no les van a preguntar sobre su estado migratorio. El condado tiene que verificar si es elegible, pero no queremos que las personas elegibles sean rechazadas por falta de identificación. Sabemos que muchas personas no tienen una identificación con foto o una licencia de manejar. Hay otros documentos que se aceptan, como recibos de utilidad, electricidad, gas y teléfono. Si no está seguro de si usted es elegible, llame por favor a 211. Y también estoy agradecida.
que la administración de alimentos y medicamentos haya aprobado la vacuna Johnson y Johnson. Johnson y Johnson es una vacuna de un solo dosis. Con esto podemos vacunar a más personas, especialmente a las vulnerables, como las personas sin hogar que, que pueden tener dificultades en recibiendo una segunda vacuna. Estudios han demostrado que esta vacuna es muy efectiva para prevenir la hospitalización y 100% efectiva para prevenir la muerte. Entonces, si es elegible, no duda en recibir esta vacuna. Es segura y efectiva y solo ocupa un dos. Gracias y ahora me gustaría presentarles a la representante del Departamento de Salud Pública, Jacqueline Valenzuela. Muchas gracias. Hoy daremos actualizaciones sobre nuestro estado actual y el progreso que hemos logrado en la reducción de la transmisión del COVID-19 en nuestro condado. También les pondremos al día sobre nuestros trabajadores de salud. Y finalmente discutiremos nuestros esfuerzos para vacunar a nuestra población y del lanzamiento de oportunidades de vacunación para los trabajadores en tres, tres nuevos sectores que son elegibles para la vacuna a partir de hoy. El primero para actualizarlos sobre nuestro estado actual y como recordatorio, los números de casos y muertes informados hoy representan un recuento insuficiente debido al retraso del fin de semana en informes. Ahora, para actualizarlo sobre nuestro estado actual, estamos tristes de reportar 32 fallecimientos adicionales hoy. Esto eleva el número total de muertes a 21,467 en el condado de Los Ángeles. Hoy estamos reportando 987 casos nuevos. Esto eleva el número total de casos en el condado de Los Ángeles a 1,192,895. casos confirmados están hospitalizados actualmente. El 31% de estas personas están en unidades de cuidados intensivos. Más de 5.8 millones de resultados de pruebas de COVID-19 uh, se han reportado en el condado de Los Ángeles y el 19% fueron positivas. Next slide, please. Estamos progresando constantemente en la reducción del número promedio de casos nuevos diarios de COVID-19. El número promedio de 7 días de casos diarios por fecha de episodio ahora ha disminuido a menos de 1,000 por día. Afortunadamente, estamos volviendo al promedio diario de casos en los niveles que vimos antes del aumento. Estas disminuciones aquí son reales y estamos agradecidos por las decisiones tomadas y el trabajo realizado por todos, incluyendo individuos y empresas, para hacer esto posible. Next slide, please. Este gráfico muestra las líneas de tendencia de casos, hospitalizaciones y fallecimientos desde el 1 de marzo del uh, 2020 hasta el 21 de febrero del 2021. Las tres métricas continúan disminuyendo y aún no hemos visto ningún aumento debido a las reuniones que pudieran haber ocurrido durante el, event, el evento del Super Bowl y el fin de semana feriado del Día de los Presidentes. Estamos avanzando en la dirección correcta que, son, que con suerte nos llevará a avanzar en nuestro viaje hacia nuestra recuperación. 
donde más de nuestros jóvenes puedan volver a las escuelas para el, al, al, perdón, el, aprendizaje, el aprendizaje en persona. Next slide, please. Y al igual que en los casos, el número de muertes entre los trabajadores de salud uh, ha experimentado una rápida disminución desde el aumento eh, a principios de enero. Durante la semana del 3 de enero, 21 trabajadores de salud fallecieron por COVID-19. Durante la semana del 21 de febrero, fallecieron dos trabajadores de salud. Estos números, uh, sin importar cuáles sean, son trágicos y lamentamos la pérdida de todos estos héroes que fallecieron por COVID-19. Next slide, please. Queremos señalar que las tasas de vacunación entre el personal de nuestros centros de enfermería especializada son altas. Al 28 de febrero, el 78% del personal en centros de enfermería especializada de, los, uh, de estos centros uh, recibió al menos una primera dosis de, de la vacuna de COVID-19 y el 69% de todo el personal recibió su segunda dosis y está completamente vacunado. Las altas tasas de vacunación están relacionadas con las tasas más bajas de casos y fallecimientos entre los trabajadores de salud en los, uh, en los centros de enfermería especializada. Y estamos agradecidos a todos los que se vacunaron y a los equipos que coordinaron las vacunas en cada sitio. Cuando pensamos acerca del último año, no podemos evitar reflexionar sobre todo el miedo y la tragedia que muchos han vivido. También hemos sido testigos del heroísmo frente a esta pandemia por parte de nuestros trabajadores de salud en todo el condado de Los Ángeles y en todo el mundo. Gracias desde el fondo de nuestro corazón a todos nuestros trabajadores de salud por todo lo que han hecho y continúan haciendo para brindar a los más necesitados la mejor atención posible a toda nuestra población angelina. Next slide, please. Y al igual que en los casos, el número de fallecimientos entre los trabajadores de salud ha visto una rápida disminución desde el pico del aumento a principios de enero. Cuando pensamos en el último año, no podemos evitar reflexionar sobre todo el miedo uh, que hemos visto. Gracias a todos uh, por, esa, por ese, esa ayuda. Next slide, please. Para actualizarlos sobre nuestros esfuerzos generales uh, para vacunar a los residentes y trabajadores en el condado de Los Ángeles, ahora hemos administrado 1,958,547 dosis de la vacuna en el condado. De, estos, uh, de estas dosis, 600,497 fueron segundas dosis. Además de los trabajadores de salud, las personas que viven en los centros uh, y, y además en el personal de los centros de atención a largo plazo y las personas de 65 años o más, a partir de esta semana, habrá tres grupos adicionales que serán elegibles para la vacuna. Trabajadores de educación y cuidado infantil, trabajadores de alimentos y agricultura y servicios de emergencia y correcciones. Hablaremos más sobre estos sectores en unos minutos. Next slide, please. Esta tabla muestra el resumen de nuestra distribución semanal de vacunas contra el COVID-19 por tipo de centro de vacunación. Seguimos teniendo una gran cantidad de capacidad sin utilizar 
nuevamente esta semana hay casi 500,000 espacios para citas disponibles y solo tuvimos dosis suficientes para aproximadamente 270,000 citas. Los centros de vacunación a gran escala, uh, llamados PODs en inglés, eh, administrados por el Departamento de Salud Pública y la uh, Ciudad de Los Ángeles, uh, recibieron casi la mitad de la asignación de dosis de las vacunas. Nuestros centros de salud calificados a nivel federal han recibido más del 20% de las dosis y las farmacias han recibido un poco más del 12% de las dosis. Estamos cambiando algunas de nuestras asignaciones a estos centros más pequeños para asegurarnos de que los proveedores que atiendan a nuestras comunidades más afectadas puedan vacunar a más personas. En todos los sectores hay mucha más capacidad para vacunar, aunque simplemente no tenemos el suministro de vacunas para ofrecer más citas. Nuestros uh, pods más grandes uh, por sí solos podrían proporcionar 142 mil dosis adicionales esta semana si hubiese suficiente suministro de vacunas. Sin embargo, ahora que la vacuna Johnson Johnson ha recibido la autorización de uso de emergencia, es probable que el condado de Los Ángeles comienza, comience a tener más dosis semanales. Next slide, please. Debido a que muchos adultos mayores no tienen la capacidad de registrarse y luego ir a nuestros centros de vacunación, hemos aumentado el número de equipos móviles de vacunación que se encuentran en lugares donde viven o tienen más acceso los adultos mayores. Esta semana habrá eh, 46 equipos móviles de vacunación. Además, estos servicios móviles eh, visitarán 26 uh, lugares de viviendas para personas mayores y 20 comunidades residenciales también para personas mayores. Varios de estos centros en el sur de Los Ángeles y el Valle del Antílope, um, áreas de nuestro condado que tienen tasas de vacunación bajas entre las personas de 65 años o más. Next slide, please. En el pasado hemos visto algunas uh, comunidades con las tasas de casos más altas y hemos enfocado nuestros, uh, nuestras actividades de alcance de nuestros trabajadores de salud comunitarios en estas áreas. Hoy nos gustaría mostrarles las comunidades con las tasas de casos más altas y el porcentaje de personas en estas áreas que han sido vacunadas hasta ahora. Como puede ver, las 10 comunidades principales con las tasas de casos más altas tienen una tasa de vacunación en un promedio del 10.2% y van entre el 5.6%, perdón, 6.5% y el 14.7%. Next slide, please. Cuando se compara esto con las comunidades con las tasas de casos más bajas, se ve que el porcentaje de personas vacunadas en estas áreas es mucho más alto, un promedio de 21.7% y van entre el 16.8% y el 28.1%. Nuestras comunidades con menos recursos en el condado de Los Ángeles han visto la mayoría de los casos, hospitalizaciones y fallecimientos y estas desigualdades se están manifestando nuevamente a medida que trabajamos para vacunar a nuestras comunidades. Por esta razón, continuamos creando nuevos compañerismos y estrategias para que el proceso de vacunación en estas comunidades uh, que son afectadas sea lo más accesible y sin ningún tipo de barreras. Next slide, please. 
A partir de hoy hay tres sectores adicionales, educación y cuidado infantil, servicios de emergencia y correcciones y los trabajadores de alimentos y agricultura que serán uh, elegibles para vacunarse aquí en el condado de Los Ángeles. Es importante tener en cuenta si trabaja en uno de estos sectores, puede vivir o trabajar aquí en el condado de Los Ángeles para ser elegible para vacunarse. Eh, estimamos que más de 500,406, perdón, 546,000 personas pertenecen al sector de educación y cuidado infantil aquí en el condado de Los Ángeles. Para los distritos escolares públicos, los maestros uh, del kinder hasta el grado 12 y el personal de apoyo educativo esencial eh, pueden recibir vacunas a través de los centros de vacunación administrados por el condado o sus proveedores de atención médica. Algunos distritos escolares pueden estar operando su propio módulo y los distritos escolares que no operan su propio, sus propias clínicas se están asociando con hospitales, eh, centros de salud o farmacias locales para proporcionar vacunas para el personal y los maestros en sus distritos. Para las escuelas independientes, los, maestre, los maestros del kinder hasta el grado 12 y el personal de apoyo educativo esencial pueden recibir, recibir las vacunas a través de los centros de vacunación administrados por el condado o sus proveedores de atención médica. Los maestros y los trabajadores esenciales de las escuelas independientes también pueden vacunarse en los centros de vacunación operados por las escuelas independientes. Además, en los centros de vacunación administrados por el condado, eh, solo en días específicos. El personal de cuidado infantil es una prioridad particular para la vacunación, ya que este grupo ha estado trabajando durante la pandemia. Estos trabajadores pueden recibir vacunas a través de los centros de vacunación administrados por el condado o de sus proveedores de atención médica. Los trabajadores de cuidado infantil también pueden vacunarse en los centros de vacunación solo para trabajadores de cuidado infantil administrados por el condado eh, los sábados. Además, el Hospital de Niños de Los Ángeles está vacunando a los trabajadores de educación y cuidado infantil. También se encuentra disponible información adicional sobre los sitios de vacunación en, en uh, uh, agencias de recursos y referencias llamadas en inglés Pathways, Resource and Referral Agencies. Next slide, please. Se estima que hay 502 mil hay personas que trabajan en el condado de, los, de alimentos y agricultura en el condado de Los Ángeles. Al igual que otros sectores, este grupo puede vacunarse en los centros de vacunación administrados por el condado o en proveedores de atención médica. Y habrán centros de vacunación para este sector solo en días específicos. Aquellos que no puedan ir a un centro de vacunación serán vacunados a través de asociaciones comunitarias con proveedores de vacunas. Las cadenas de farmacias de supermercados como Albertsons, Vons, Pavilions, uh, Savon, Costco y Ralph's um, proporcionarán vacunación a los trabajadores de la tienda, distribución de alimentos y transporte de estas cadenas. Eh, los trabajadores de las tiendas de uh, abarrotes que no trabajen en una instalación que proporcione las vacunas a través de las farmacias en el lugar a uh, 
pueden vacunarse en los centros de vacunación administrados por el condado para los trabajadores de alimentos y agricultura únicamente en días específicos. La Asociación de Trabajadores Unidos de Alimentos y Comercio, por sus siglas en inglés eh, uh, uh, UFCW, um, eh, los, traba los, eh, los trabajadores de supermercados eh, serán vacunados a través de clínicas móviles de vacunación uh, en asociación con la compañía Curative. Y Stacy Medic Medical vacunará a los fabricantes de alimentos en la ciudad de Vernon a través de ubicaciones en el lugar y unidades móviles. Next slide, please. Se estima que 116,000 personas en el condado de Los Ángeles trabajan en servicios de emergencia y son, soco o son socor socorristas. Todas las agencias en esta categoría se han asociado con su departamento de bomberos o departamento de policía asociado. Las en entidades de aplicación de la ley en los condados se han asociado con los servicios de emergencias médicas y las partes interesadas de las clínicas de salud para, para administrar la vacuna. El departamento del Aguacil del Condado de Los Ángeles y el departamento de policía de la ciudad de Los Ángeles se han asociado con el departamento de servicios de emergencia de, y el departamento del Aguacil de Los Ángeles um, y el departamento de bomberos respectivamente. Todos los departamentos de policía de la ciudad se han asociado con el departamento de bomberos uh, del condado de Los Ángeles, hospitales locales o de departamentos de bomberos para recibir la vacuna. Los departamentos de policía de las grandes eh, escuelas se han asociado con un sistema de salud aliado a la Universidad de California, Los Ángeles uh, o el Distrito Escolar Unificado de Los Ángeles. Estas dos organizaciones se han comprometido a vacunar a todos los departamentos de policía escolares que no hayan establecido socios de vacunación previamente. Las personas específicas del servicio de emergencia, incluido el personal de la corte elegible, pueden vacunarse en los servicios, eh, en los servicios de emergencia administrados por el condado solo en los centros de vacunación en un día específico uh, para ese sector. Las agencias federales más grandes, incluidas la, la oficina del uh, campo del FBI, la Administración de Seguridad y Transportación, uh, la Oficina de Aduanas y Protección Fronteriza, se han asociado con el Departamento de Bomberos de Los Ángeles. Um, además, determinadas entidades federales se están asociando con hospitales locales de los veteranos para recibir vacunas asignadas a nivel federal. Next slide, please. Queremos reiterar, reiterar que hemos programado días específicos um, para cada sector uh, eh, eh, que ahora son elegibles. Hoy, el lunes, primero de marzo, los centros de vacunación solo, solo administrarán una segunda dosis. El martes y jueves de esta semana, las citas de los centros de vacunación estarán disponibles para las personas que trabajan en el sector de la alimentación y la agri agricultura. El miércoles, las citas de los centros de vacunación estarán disponibles para las personas que trabajan en el sector de servicios de emergencia. El viernes, las citas estarán abiertas para todos los grupos elegibles, 
y muchas de estas citas se harán a través de la a, divulgación por parte de organizaciones comunitarias y funcionar, funcionarlos, perdón, funcionarios electos. El sábado, las citas de los centros de vacunación estarán disponibles para las personas que trabajan en el sector de educación y educación infantil. Y el domingo, las citas de los centros de vacunación estarán disponibles para las personas que trabajan en escuelas independientes. Next slide, please. Cuando vaya a recibir su vacuna, deberá mostrar documentación que incluya una identificación con foto, aunque no tiene que ser emitida por el gobierno uh, de los Estados Unidos. Uh, prueba que, de que vive o trabaja en el condado de Los Ángeles y prueba de que trabaja en un sector que es elegible para vacunarse. Para algunas personas, uh, un documento puede mostrar todo esto como una credencial, identificación de trabajo que tiene su foto y la dirección de su lugar de trabajo. Es posible que otras personas necesiten traer recibos de pago u otra documentación que muestre dónde trabaja. Una lista completa de toda la documentación apropiada que se necesita se encuentra en nuestro sitio web en www.vacunatelosangeles.com. Para terminar, queremos enfatizar que si no se encuentra en uno de los grupos elegibles, ya sea trabajadoras de salud, mayores de 65 años, trabajadores de educación y cuidado infantil, trabajadores de alimentos y agricultura y trabajadores de servicios de emergencia, uh, no puede vacunarse en esta vez. Hemos recibido informes de que el sistema MyTurn tiene algunos problemas para permitir que las personas no elegibles uh, hagan citas. Si pudo programar una cita, pero no está en los grupos elegibles, cancele su cita y no venga al sitio de vacunación, ya que será rechazado. A las personas que vengan a vacunarse, se les pedirá que verifiquen que están en un grupo elegible y cualquier persona que no pueda hacerlo no será vacunada. Además, nos gustaría aclarar que las niñeras privadas no están incluidas en el sector de la educación y cuidado infantil y no son elegibles para la vacunación in this moment. And now we'll go ahead and move on to remarks in Armenian. Parior Bolorin. Shnagalsun verasko solisin yev amboch verastorgich horortin. I saw yes karmatsum nerkotramadran mer nerkais karkavichaki yev ein aranchatati masin vormenk atsanagrelenk covid tasnin pohansuma mershojanum nevazasnelu hartsum. Yes, Kanarkem, Merbenakichneri, Patvastelu, Merjankeri, Yev Isorvanitz Kasats, Patvastman, Iravung Statso, Yerek, Nor Volorneri, Ashatovneri, Patvastumneri, Naravolchun Mera. Nach, Zesner Kais, Karkavichaki, Veraberal, Terekatsnelu Hamar, Yevorbes Hishetsum, Isor Hawortvaz Debkere, Mahman, Hamarner Nerkasnumen, Tera Hashvak Hashvetu, Jamanaka Hatvatsum, Hangastian, already Ushatsman Pacharov. I saw Savov Hait Numenk, Yevas Yerasun Yerku, Mahvan Masin. I smart Kansis Tasirkusa, Utsun Tarikanitz Bartsren, Yevtasun Etzelen Uraksov, Arochakan Kantirnet. Tasna Yerkusa, Vatsun Hink Tarikanitz Yotanasun in Nain, Voronsit Tasso Unetzelen Uraksov, Arochakan Kantirnet. Vets anti Tarika Hitsunit Vatsun Chorsne, Yev Chorsa Unetzelen Uraksov Arochakan Kantirnet. 
Մեկ անձը 30 տարեկանից 49-ն է եւ ունեցել է ուղեկցող առողջական խնդիրներ։ Մեկ անձ 18 տարեկանից 29-ն է եւ չի ունեցել ուղեկցող առողջական խնդիրներ։ Սա բերում է ընդհանուր մահերի թիվը 21467-ի Լոս Անջելոս շրջանում։ Այսօր մենք հայտնում ենք 987 նոր դեպքերի մասին։ Եվ սա բերում է Լոս Անջելոս շրջանի դրական դեպքերի ընդհանուր թիվը 1,192,895-ի։ Այս դեպքերը ներառում են 51,226 հոգի Լոնգ Բիչ քաղաքում մեր գործընկերների կողմից գրանցված դեպքեր, իսկ Պասադենա քաղաքի կողմից գրանցված 10881 դեպքեր։ Ներկայումս հոսպիտալացվել են 1578 մարդ, որոնցից 31%-ը գտնվում են ինտենսիվ խնամքի բաժանմունքում։ Ինստիտուցիոնալ միջավայրում հաստատված ընդհանուր դեպքերը 94659 են ներառյալ անձնակազմը եւ բնակիչները։ Այս դեպքերից 39265 բնակիչներն են եւ 55388 Ավելի քան 5.8 միլիոն մարդ տեսավորվել են եւ արդյունքները զեկուցվել են Լոս Անջելոս շրջան, որոնցից 19% դրական են։ Մենք շարունակում ենք առաջընթացք գրանցել COVID-19-ը օրական նոր դեպքերի միջին քանակի կրճատման հարցում։ Չնայած մեր թվերը շարունակում են բարձր մնալ։ 7-րդյա միջին օրեկան դեպքերի քանակը այժմ ընկել է օրեկան 1000-ի։ Հոսպիտալացման եւ մահվան սկսած 20-20 թվականի մարտի 1-ից մինչև 21 թվականի մարտի 21-ը բոլոր երեք ցուցանիշները շարունակում են անկում ապրել։ Եվ մենք դեռ չենք տեսել, որևէ բարձացումներ սուպերգավաթի եւ նախագահական տոների հավաքույտների պատճառով։ Մենք շարժվում ենք ճիշտ ուղությամբ։ Մի ուղությամբ, որը հուսով եմ, կհանգեցնի մեր վերականգնման առաջ շարժվելու, որտեղ մենք ավելի շատ երիտասարդներ կտեսնենք, ովքեր վերադառնում են տեղում ուսուցման։ Այսօր ես կտրամադրեմ հակիրճ տեղեկություն Լոս Անջելոս շրջանի առողջապահական աշխատողների վերաբերյալ, որոնցից շատերը պատվաստել են վերջին երկու անսվա ընթացքում։ COVID-19-ի դեպքերը առողջապահական աշխատողների շրջանում 20 թվականի փետրվարի 1-ից վեր առողջապահական աշխատողները նույնպես ունեցել են դեպքերի աճ աշնան վերջին։ Այժմ երբ ընդհանուր առմամբ դեպքերը նվազել են եւ քանի որ այժմ բուժ աշխատողները պատվաստվում են, դեպքերը ընկել են։ Ինչը եղել է համաճարակի սկզբից։ Նոեմբերի 29-ի շաբաթվա ընթացքում բուժ աշխատողների շրջանում դեպքերի գագաթնակետը գրանցվել է ավելի քան 1800 դեպք։ Փետրվարի 14-ի շաբաթվա ընթացքում ընդամենը 69 դեպք է գրանցվել։ Մենք այնքան ուրախ ենք դատեսնելու համար մեր բուժ աշխատողները, ովքեր մեկ տարու ծավել է, ինչ գտնվում են այս համաճարակի առաջնագծում։ Հմուտ բուժքույրական հաստատությունների դեպքեր։ Հմուտ բուժքույրական հաստատություններում աշխատողների շրջանում, որոնք մի խում փորձ են ունեցել առողջապահական աշխատողների 1/4 մասը, դեպքերից գալի նվազում է գրանցվել նաև նոեմբերի 29-ի շաբաթվա ընթացքում։ Այս առողջապահական աշխատողների շրջանում գրանցվել է 434 դեպք։ 
Իսկ պետրվարի 14-ի շապատվա ընթացքում գրանցվել է ընդամենը 10 տեպք։ Պատվաստանյութերի վահական։ Պետրվարի 29-ի դրությամբ լոսանջերով շրջանում բնակիչների և աշխատողներին Վացիցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցցց
Այս կայքերից 30-ը հարավային Լոս Անջելոսում եւ Անտելոպ Հովիտում մեր շրջանի այն տարածքներում, որտեղ պատվաստումների ցածր մակարդակը 65 տարեկանից բարձր տարիքի մարդկան շրջան։ Այսօրվանից սկսած 3 լրացուցիչ ոլորտներ, կրթության եւ երեխաների խնամք, արտակարգ հիրավիճակների ծառայություններ եւ առաջին արձականքողներ եւ սնդամթերքի եւ գյուղատնտեսության իրավունք կստանան պատվաստել այստեղ Լոս Անջելոս շրջանում։ Կարևոր է նշել, որ եթե դուք աշխատում եք այս հատվածներից մեկում, կարող եք կամ ապրել կամ աշխատել այստեղ Լոս Անջելոս շրջանում պատվաստումների իրավունք ունենալու համար։ Լոս Անջելոս շրջանում մոտավոր հաշվարկով 116000 մարդ աշխատում է արտակարգ հիրավիճակների ծառայություններում եւ որպես առաջին պատասխանողներ։ Այս կատեգորիայի բոլոր գործակալությունները համագործակցվել են իրենց հարակից հրշեջ ծառայության կամ ոսիկանության բաժանմունքի հետ։ Իրավասության իրավապա մարմինների համագործակցել են EMSI եւ առաջա եւ առողջապահական կլինիկային շահագրգիր կողմերի հետ պատվաստանյութեր ներարկելու համար։ Լոս Անջելոս շրջանի շերիֆ դեպարտամենտը եւ Լոս Անջելոս ոստիկանության վարչությունը համագործակցել են համապատասխանաբար Շտաբ օգնության ծառայության մարմինների եւ Լոս Անջելոս հրշեջ դեպարտամենտի հետ։ Պատվաստանյութեր ստանալու համար ոստիկանության բոլոր քաղաքային բաժանմունքները համագործակցել են Լոս Անջելոս շրջանի հրշեջ վարչությամբ տեղեկական տեղական հիվանդանոցների կամ հրշեջ բաժանմունքների հետ։ Ոստիկանության խոշոր դպրոցների բաժանմունքները համագործակցել են առողջապահական համակարգի UCLA կամ LAUSD հետ եւ UCLA եւ LAUSD-ին պարտավորվել են պատվաստել դպրոցական ոստիկանության բոլոր բաժանմունքները, որոնք չեն ստեղծել պատվաստանյութերի նախկին գործընկերները։ Հատուկ շտաբ օգնության անձինք ներառյալ դատարանի իրավասու անձնակազմը 4-շաբթի օրերին կարող են պատվաստել միայն վարչական շրջանի շտաբ օգնության ծառայություններում միայն մեգափոդերում։ Խոշորագույն պետական գործակալությունները ներառյալ մաքսային եւ սահմանների պաշտպանությունը համագործակցել են LFD եւ հետ եւ բացի այդ ընտրված կառույցներում համագործակցում են տեղական վետերանների հիվանդանոցների հետ հատկացված պատվաստանյութեր ստանալու համար։ Պետական ուղիջ հիմնարկները պատվաստանյութ կստանան իրենց համապատասխան մայր գործակալությունների միջոցով։ Ես ուզում եմ կրկնել, որ մենք նախատեսել ենք ոլորտի հատուկ օրեր մեր մեգափոդերում, կենտրոններում նոր իրավասու խմբերի համար։ Այսօր 2 շաբթի մարտի 1-ին մեգափոդերում կտան միայն երկրորդ չափաբաժինն է։ Այս շաբաթ 3 շաբթի եւ 5 շաբթի օրերին մեգափոդերում նշանակումներ հասանելի կլնեն սննդի եւ գյուղատնտեսության ոլորտում աշխատող մարդկանց համար։ 4 շաբթի օրը մեգափոդերում նշանակումները հասանելի կլնեն արտակարգ իրավիճակների ոլորտում աշխատող մարդկանց համար։ Ուրբատ օրը նշանակումները բացեն բոլոր իրավասու խմբերի համար Եվ այդ նշանակումներից շատերը կկատարվեն համայնքային կազմակերպությունների եւ ընտրված պաշտոնատար անձանց կողմից իրազրկման միջոցով։ Շաբաթ օրը մեգափոդերի նշանակումները հասանելի կլնեն 
վաղ խնանքի և կրթության ոլորդում աշխատող մարդկանց համար։ Եվ կիրակի օրը մեգապոտերի նշանակումները հասանելի կլնեն այն մարդկանց համար, ովքեր աշխատում են անկաղ դպրոցներում։ Պահանջվում են պաստա թղթեր։ Երբ գնում եք պատվաստում ստանալու, դուք պետք է ծույստակ պաստա թղթ, որը պարնակում է լուսանկար, թե եվ պարտադիր չէ, որ այդ տրվի կարավարության կողմից ապացույց, որ դու կամ ապրում եք, կամ աշխատում եք լոսանջոլոր սրջանում և աշխատում եք մի ոլորդում, որը իրավոնք ունի պատվաստվել, որոշ մարդկանց համար թղթիքներ կամ այլ պաստաթղթեր, որոնք ծուց են տալիս, թե որ տեղեք աշխատում։ Կան տասնյակ պաստաթղթեր, որոնք կարող են ոգտագործվել իրավունականությունը ստուգելու համար։ Եվ ընդումված պաստաթղթերի ծանգը Վերջում ես ուծում եմ շեշտել, որ եթե դուք իրավասու խմբերից մեկում չեք, առողջապական աշխատողներ 65 տարեկան ավել տարեկան չեք, կրդության և երեխաների խնամքի, սնընդի և գյուղատնտեսթյան ուլորդի աշխատողներ համակարգը որոշ խնդիրներ ունի կապված ոչ իրավասու անձանց հետ հանդիպումներ նշանակելու համար։ Եթե դու կարողացել եք նշանակել, բայց ընգրկված չեք իրավասու խմբերից մեկում, խնդրում եք չեղյալ համարել ձեր նշանակում ով չի կարող դա անել, չի պատվաստվի։ Նաև կուզենայինք պարզաբանել, մասնավոր դայակները ներարված չեն կրդության և երեխաների խնամքի ոլորդում և այս պահին նրանք պատվասման իրավունք չում են։ Շնորակալություն오늘 보고된 케이스 수나 사망자 수는 주말에 보고에 지연이 있었기 때문에 실제보다 적게 보고될 수 있음을 알려드립니다. 오늘 32명의 새로운 사망자가 보고되었으며 이로써 LA 카운티에서의 총 사망자 수는 21,467명입니다. 이 중에 12명은 80세 이상이었고 10명이 기저질환이 있었습니다. 12명은 65에서 79세 사이였고 11명이 기저질환이 있었습니다. 6명은 50에서 64세 사이였는데 이중 4명이 기저질환이 있었습니다. 1명은 30에서 49세 사이였고 기저질환이 있었습니다. 또한 마지막 1명은 18에서 29세 사이였는데 기저질환이 없었습니다. 오늘 987건의 새로운 케이스가 있었고 이로써 LA 카운티에서의 총 케이스 수는 119만 2895건입니다. 이 수치는 롱비치시에서 5만 1226건과 카사디나시에서 1만 881건을 포함한 수치입니다. 
현재 1,578명이 COVID-19로 병원에 입원해 있으며 31%가 중환자실에 있습니다. 하나 이상의 양성 케이스가 나온 4,917개의 거주 그리고 비거주 시설을 조사하였으며 756개는 조사 중이며 4,161개는 조사를 마쳤습니다. 현재까지 580명 이상이 테스트를 받았으며 누적 확진률은 19%입니다. 평균 새로운 일일 케이스 수가 점점 줄어들고 있는데 7일 평균 일일 케이스 수가 하루에 1000건 이하로 줄어들었습니다. 이 수치는 급증이 시작되기 전에 우리가 가지고 있었던 수치와 동일합니다. 3월 1일, 2000년 3월 1일부터 2021년 2월 21일까지의 케이스 수와 병원 입원자 수또 사망자 수를 보면 계속해서 줄어들고 있는데 슈퍼볼이나 프레젠트 데이 주말에 있었을 수 있는 그런 모임으로 인한 증가는 아직 보이지 않고 있습니다. LA 카운티 전체적으로 경험했듯이 의료 서비스 종사자들 역시 지난 늦 가을부터 겨울까지 케이스 수의 급증이 있었습니다. 이제 케이스 수가 줄어들고 많은 의료 서비스 종사자들이 백신 접종을 받음으로 인해서 케이스 수는 판다믹 시작 이래 가장 낮은 수치로 줄어들었습니다. 11월 29일 주간에 의료 서비스 종사자들 간의 케이스 수가 1,800건이었는데 2월 14일 주간에는 69 케이스였습니다. 전문 간호시설에서 일하는 의료 서비스 종사자들의 케이스 수도 현저히 감소하였는데 11월 29일 주간에 의료 서비스 종사자들의 케이스 수는 434건이었는데 2월 14일 주간에는 10건이었습니다. 케이스 수처럼 사망자들 수 역시 빠르게 감소하고 있는데 1월 3일 주간에 21명의 의료서비스 종사자들이 COVID-19로 사망한 것을 볼때 2월 2일 주간에는 단지 2명의 의료서비스 종사자들이 사망하였습니다. 2월 28일까지 78%의 전문 간호시설 스텝들이 적어도 하나의 COVID-19 백신 접종을 받았고 69%는 두 번째 접종까지 모두 마쳤습니다. 높은 백신 접종률은 널싱홈에 있는 의료서비스 종사자들의 낮은 케이스률과 사망률과 관련이 있음을 보게 되었습니다. 2월 25일까지 카운티에서는 195만 8547개의 백신이 접종되었고 이 중에 60만 497개는 두 번째 접종이었습니다. 의료서비스 종사자들과 장기 유양기관에 거주하는 거주민들과 스탭들 그리고 65세 이상 주민들에 더해서 오늘부터 새해까지의 그룹이 백신을 받기 적합하게 될 것이었습니다. 교육과 보육시설 종사자들, 식품과 농업 종사자들, 응급서비스 종사자들, 또한 법 집행기관에서의 종사자들입니다. 이번 주에 50만 개의 예약 시간들이 유효하지만 약 27만 개의 백신을 접종할 수 있는 양밖에 없습니다. LA 카운티와 LA시에 있는 장소들에서는 총 13만 명의 사람들을 접종하게 될 것입니다. 연방 자격이 있는 헬스센터에서는 5만 6천 개의 백신 접종이 있을 것이고 약국에서는 3만 4천 개의 백신을 접종하게 될 것입니다. 보건국에서는 가장 타격이 큰 커뮤니티들에서 더 많은 사람들이 접종을 받을 수 있도록 백신을 이러한 더 작은 장소들로 옮기고 있습니다. 더 많은 사람들을 접종할 수 있는 능력이 있지만 더 많은 예약을 받을 백신의 공급량이 부족한 상태입니다. 백신 공급이 충분하다면 
대규모 접종 장소들에서 이번 주에 14만 2천 개의 백신을 더 접종할 수 있게 될 것입니다. 존슨 앤 존슨 백신이 비상용으로 허가를 받게 되어서 매우 기쁘게 생각합니다. LA 카운티에서는 빠르면 이번 주부터 이 백신을 사용할 수 있게 될 것입니다. 존슨 백신은 대규모 접종 장소를 포함하여 많은 장소들에서 제공될 것입니다. 세 가지 백신 모두 매우 강력하고 임상시험에서 병원 입원율과 사망률을 막는 데 100% 유용하다는 것을 볼수 있었습니다. 어느 백신 브랜드를 받을 것인지는 고를 수가 없다는 점을 다시 한번 상기시켜 드립니다. 케이스률이 가장 높고 백신 접종률이 가장 낮았던 10개의 커뮤니티들의 평균 접종률이 10.2%였는데 6.5%에서 14.7% 사이였습니다. 이 수치를 가장 낮은 케이스류를 보이고 있는 커뮤니티와 비교해 보았을 때이 지역에서의 백종, 백신 접종률은 매우 높았는데 평균 21.7%로 16.8에서 28.1% 사이였습니다. 팬데믹으로 인해 가장 큰 타격을 입은 커뮤니티에 살고 있는 사람들이 백신 접종을 받을 수 있는 방법을 증가시키기 위해 많은 노력이 기울어지고 있습니다. 백신 접종을 받기 위해서 먼 거리를 여행하지 않아도 되도록 모빌팀의 숫자를 늘려서 이들이 방문하여 접종할 수 있도록 하고 있습니다. 또한 종교 기반 커뮤니티 단체들과 협력하여서 각 회중과 손님들에게 직접 백신 접종에 등록할 수 있도록 돕도록 하는 방법을 사용하고 있습니다. 또한 필요하다면 대규모 접종 장소까지 교통수단도 마련하고 있습니다. 많은 연로한 주민들은 대규모 접종 장소를 등록하고 갈수 있는 방법이 많이 없기 때문에 연로자들이 살고 있거나 갈수 있는 장소에 모빌 백신 접종팀의 수를 증가시켰습니다. 이번 주에 46개의 모빌 백신 접종팀이 있을 것이고 26개는 어프로버 시니어 하우징과 20개의 시니어 거주 커뮤니티를 방문하게 될 것입니다. 이 중에 30개는 사우스 LA와 엔텔롭 밸리에 있는데 이 지역들은 카운티에서 65세 이상의 주민들 중에 가장 낮은 백신 접종률을 보인 지역들이었습니다. 오늘부터 LA 카운티에서는 세개의 다른 부면에서 일하는 종사자들이 백신 접종을 받을 수 있는 자격이 주어지는데 바로 교육과 보육 시절, 응급서비스 최초 대응자, 식품과 농업 종사자들입니다. 중요한 것은 이중 어느 부면에서 일을 한다면 현재 LA 카운티에서 살고 있거나 일하고 있어야만 접종을 받을 수 있을 것입니다. LA 카운티에서 54만 6천명 이상이 교육과 보육시설 부면에서 일하고 있는 것으로 예상되고 있습니다. 공립학교에서는 학교 디스트릭에서 접종 장소를 운영할 수 있고 직접 운영하지 않는 학교 디스트릭에서는 지역 병원과 헬스센터, 약국들과 협력하여서 스태프들과 선생님들에게 접종을 마련할 수 있을 것입니다. K부터 12학년 선생님들과 필수 교육 서포트 스태프들은 카운티에서 운영하는 대규모 접종 장소나 의료 서비스 제공자를 통해서 접종 받을 수도 있습니다. 사립학교들은 지역 학교 디스트릭과 협력하여 스태프들을 접종받게 할수 있습니다. 사립학교의 K-12 선생님들과 필수 교육 서포트 스태프 역시 카운티에서 운영하는 대규모 백신 접종 장소에서 접종받을 수 있습니다. 그에 더해 카운티 대규모 접종 장소들은 
일요일을 사립학교 선생님들과 필수 종사자들을 위해서 지정해 두었습니다. 조기 보육시설 스태프들은 카운티에서 운영하는 대규모 접종 장소나 의료 서비스 제공자들을 통해 백신을 접종받을 수 있습니다. 또한 토요일에는 카운티 대, 운영하는 대규모 접종 장소에서 보육시설 종사자들을 위해 따로 지정해 두었습니다. 그에 더해서 Children's Hospital Los Angeles에서 조기 교육과 교육 종사자들을 위해서 백신을 접종하고 있습니다. 더 자세한 정보는 Pathway Resource와 Refer Agency에서 알아보실 수 있습니다. LA 카운티에서 식품과 농업 관련 부변에서 약 50만 2천 명이 일하고 있는 것으로 예상하고 있습니다. 다른 업종들과 마찬가지로 이 그룹 역시 카운티에서 운영하는 대규모 장소나 의료 서비스 제공자들을 통해서 접종을 받을 수 있으며 이 그룹을 위해서 화요일과 목요일에 대규모 접종 장소에서 날짜를 지정해 놓았습니다. 이 부면에는 농업 종사자들부터 식당 종업원까지 여러 가지 업종들이 포함될 것이므로 이들을 접종하기 위해서 많은 단체들과 협력하게 될 것입니다. 직장이나 커뮤니티 대표자 또 언론 매체들을 포함한 커뮤니티 기반 파트너들과 백신 접종자 제공자들이 연결될 수 있도록 할 것입니다. 엘버슨, 번스, 파빌리온, 앤 세이번, 코스코, 그리고 랄프 어, 그로서리 스토어에 있는 약국들은 그 체인점에서 일하는 식품 배송, 유통 직원들에게 백신을 직접 접종하게 될 것입니다. 이러한 백신 접종을 제공하지 않는 시설에서 일하는 직원들은 카운티에서 운영하는 대규모 접종 장소에서 화요일과 목요일에 접종을 받을 수 있을 것입니다. UFCW 770 그로서리 스토어의 직원들은 큐레이트와 협력하여 모빌 접종 클리닉에서 접종을 받게 될 것입니다. 또한 번혼시에 있는 식품 제조업들은 스테이시 메디카를 통해서 모빌 유닛과 접종 장소에서 접종을 받게 될 것입니다. 이 그룹들은 정부에서 발행한 신분증이나 급여 명세서가 아니더라도 고용되어 있음을 확인할 수 있는 많은 방법들이 있다는 점을 알려드리고 싶습니다. LA 카운티에서는 약 11만 6천 명이 응급서비스와 최초 대응자로 일하고 있음을 알게 됩니다. 이 부문의 모든 에이전시들은 소방국이나 경찰국과 협력할 것이며 법 집행기관들은 응급서비스와 헬스클리닉과 협력하여 백신을 접종받게 될 것입니다. 오늘 월요일 3월 1일에는 대규모 접종 장소에서 두 번째 접종이 있을 것입니다. 이번 주 화요일과 목요일에는 식품과 농업 관련 업종에 일하는 사람들을 위해서만 대규모 접종 예약이 가능할 것입니다. 수요일에는 응급서비스 부분에서 일하는 사람들을 위해서만 접종이 가능할 것입니다. 금요일에는 모든 자격이 있는 그룹에게 예약이 가능한데 대부분의 예약들은 커뮤니티 기반 단체들에 의한 아웃리치에서 예약이 될 것입니다. 토요일에는 조기 보육, 교육 부문에서 일하는 사람들을 위해 대규모 접종 장소에서 예약이 가능할 것입니다. 일요일에는 사립학교에서 일하는 사람들을 위해 접종이 가능할 것입니다. 백신을 접종받으러 갈 때에는 보여줘야 하는 서류들이 있는데 사진이 있는 신분증이 필요합니다. 이 신분증은 꼭 정부에서 발행한 신분증이 아니어도 사진이 있는 신분증이면 됩니다. 
또한 LA에 살고 있거나 일하고 있다는 것을 증명하는 서류가 필요한데 어떤 사람들은 하나의 증명서류가 모든 것을 보여줄 수도 있을 것입니다. 바로 일하는 곳에 주소나 사진이 들어있는 사원증이 될 수도 있습니다. 다른 사람들은 월급 명세서나 어디서 일하는지를 보여주는 서류들을 가져오실 수도 있습니다. 사용이 가능한 모든 서류들, 서류들은 웹사이트 vaccinatelacounty.com에서 보실 수 있습니다. 마지막으로 만약 적합한 그룹에 포함되어 있지 않는다면 아직 백신 접종을 받으실 수 없습니다. 만약 이미 마이턴 시스템을 통해서 예약을 하셨다면 만약에 적합한 그룹에 포함되어 있지 않는데도 예약을 하셨다면 예약들을 취소해 주시기를 부탁드리는 바입니다. 감사합니다. Thank you. Now the brief will be in Mandarin. 感谢你杜少委员索尼斯女士感谢你和全体杜少委员过去的一年十分间呢我非常感谢你们落领导落选居民抗议谱写的努力和保护落选居民的健康今天我会为大家更新公共卫生局为阻止新冠病毒的传播
，新天病例的七千平均值已下降到每日不到一千例，已逐渐回到爆发前的数据。病例住院死亡资料显示了，从二零二零年三月一号开始到二零二一年二月二十一号的新天病例数、住院人数和死亡人数。有幸的是，这三个数据一直在下降。还没有因为超级碗比赛和总统节的周末的聚会而出现回升。我们朝我们在朝正确的方向前进，到时候我们的年轻人将会有机会重返校园。医护病例趋势，今天我为大家更新洛县医护人员中的病例状况。过去的两个月，大部分医护人员都已接种了新冠疫苗。从二月一号起。医护人员中的病例已降到了疫情开始以来最低值。去年十一月二十九号那的那一周，医护人员中的病例超过了一千八百例。到了二月十四号这一周，这一数字为六十九例。我们非常高兴看到这一结果，不仅仅是因为医护人员是奋战在抗疫第一线的英雄，更因为新冠疫苗给我们带来了明显的效果。熟练护理中心医护病例趋势。熟练护理中心的医护病例，这个占医护病例的四分之一的群里，新天病例下降非常明显。去年十一月二十九号那一周，病例为四百三十四例，而到了二月十四号这一周，只有十例。医护人员的死亡趋势。医护人员的死亡病例下降明显。一月三号那一周，二十一位医护因新冠。病毒去世，到了二月二十一号，两位医护因新冠病毒去世。不管数量是多少，他们的去世都是悲剧。我们为这些奋斗在第一线的英雄致敬。熟练护理中心的疫苗接种情况，熟练护理中心的疫苗接种进展非常好。截止二月二十八号，百分之七十八的员员工已接种第一剂疫苗。而在这已接种第一剂疫苗的人中，百分之六十九的员工已接种第二剂疫苗。疫苗接种简报：到二月二十五号止，我们总共接种了一百九十五万八千五百四十八剂疫苗，其中六十万四百九十七属于第二剂注射。目前，医务人员长期看护所。得的居民和员工以及六十五岁以上的居民都可以接种，另外三组人员也可以开始接种。这三组人员属于教师和幼护、幼儿看护人员、食品和农业人员以及紧急救护人员和执法人员。每周的疫苗分配状况。每周我们安排的人员都超过所需要的，每周的人员大约可。可以接种五十剂疫苗，而我们目前每周只有二十七万个预约。诺县和诺市可以接种十三万人，联邦医护中心可以接种五万六千人，药房等可以接种三万四千人。我们。对疫情严重区的一些特别措施。
在疫情严重地区，我们增加了移动注射站，以方便居民不需要走很远就可以去接种。同时，我们也和各宗教团体和组织一起为当地人员的接种提供了方便。移动接种点，因为许多年长者没有交通能力去大型接种点，所以我们增加了移动接种点为年长者服务。这期间，我们这一星期有四十六个总共移动接种点，他们会为四十多个年长者居住点提供移动服务。新增建的三个部门为教育和幼儿看护部门、紧急服务部门、救火队和食品或农业部门。教育和幼儿看护部门的人大约有五十四万六千人。公立学校可能会利用他们自己的学区选取接种场地，另外也可以和当地医院及诊所合作一起来提供接种场地。食品和农业部门大约有五十万零两千人需要接种，这部分人可以在六个大型接种点接种。星期二和星期四是。专门为食品和农业部接种的日期，因为这一部门的职业分散的缘故，我们不能采取一刀切的方法。有些食品业者和农工并不容易联系到，因此不仅仅有必要和雇主和员工组织合作，而且要与类似工会、工地场头头目、社区头目和社区组织进行合作。一些大型连锁食品超市，如 Vans、a l b e r t o n Pavilion、Save On、Costco， 将会为自己的员工提供接种。诺县大约有一十一万六千人工作在紧急服务部门，该部门都与当地的消防部门和警察部门一起会组成接种团体。诺县警局和诺县诺市警察局将与诺县消防、当地医院合作，来接种新冠疫苗。诺县的惩教部门将与公共卫生局合作，来接种新冠疫苗。大型接种点的安排，今天三月一号，大型接种点只能提供第二剂疫苗的接种。星期二和星期四，大型接种点将会给农业和食品部门人员接种；星期三将会给紧急服务部门的人提供接种；星期五将会给所有三个部门的人提供疫苗接种；星期六将会给幼儿看护和教育部门的人提供疫苗接种；星期天将会给工作在独立学校的教职员工提供接种。所需要的证件。你去任何接种地点都需要出示你的证件，这些证件是你在 L A 洛杉矶工作的证件，也有很多文件可以当做你的证明。你可以是你的驾照，还有一些你的工资单等等。最后，在结束前，我要强调，如果你不属于上述各行各业，你在目前还不能接种。新冠疫苗，你不属于接种行业，那么请你取消你的预约，因为你如果没有
，在这些三个行业之内，你的预约将会被取消掉。这样你会就，即便你到到了场所，也没你也不会得到那个新冠接种。This concludes for today. Thank you. This episode of LA Public Health was produced by the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. Our department is nationally accredited by the Public Health Accreditation Board and is committed to protecting and improving the health of over 10 million residents in Los Angeles County. For more information about DPH programs and services, visit publichealth.lacounty.gov and follow us on social media at LA Public Health. My name is Steve Baldwin, and you've been listening to the LA Public Health podcast. <laughs>